First Person is produced in cooperation with the Far East Broadcasting Company, who rejoice in the stories of changed lives through the power of Jesus Christ. Learn more at febc.org. And there would be a line of, of mothers, 110 degrees, and they're standing body to body waiting for this food. And you put this box of food in their hands, and joy erupts on their face. He has a spiritual passion to feed the world's hungry. You'll meet Mark Crea of Feed My Starving Children on this edition of First Person. Welcome, I'm Wayne Shepherd. As you'll hear, this week's program was recorded during a trip to Ukraine in May of 2022. As a matter of fact, the last few programs were recorded during that trip, including some special reports as we traveled through Poland, Moldova, and Ukraine. If you missed any of those programs, you'll find them in the audio archive at firstpersoninterview.com or in the episode list of our podcast version of First Person. Now, our guest this time is Mark Crea, who is the executive director and CEO of Feed My Starving Children, a Christian organization that has provided millions upon millions of meals around the world. In this case, Mark was working with Mission Eurasia in providing food to victims of the war in Ukraine. And during our trip together, Mark and I found a few moments to sit down in an outdoor cafe to learn more about both Mark and the ministry. Well, Mark, I like to get to know my guests, but I've spent more time with you in the last few days than I do most of my guests. We've been together in Ukraine for... uh week and a half now. Uh, it seems yeah. it just seems like it's been a wonderful time together, and I, I so appreciate you and getting to know you. I don't know why we have not connected before. We have um, mutual friends, and uh, you have offices in the Chicago area where I live. And so, anyway, let's explain why we're here. Okay. So, um, Feed My Starving Children produces a very special food, a highly nutritious food, and we work with missionaries throughout the world, so 70 different countries. So we have worked with Mission Eurasia here in Eastern Europe, but specifically in Ukraine, for eight years now, Mm -hmm. since the conflict started. So we've been sending food to them for them to help refugees. And, of course, since the war broke out, uh, things have intensified. So we have really doubled, tripled our efforts in the last 75 days uh, to get more food, to produce more food, to get it into the hands of Mission Eurasia. And we've just been watching, you know, meeting the staff here, the mm-hmm. volunteers, um, so many refugees. It's just been uh a powerful experience. Yeah, we've been doing that together along with a couple of others, and we started in Poland, yep. moved to Moldova, and these last couple of days were in Ukraine itself. It's been a wonderful experience, and I've been reporting on this trip previously here on First Person, so the listeners can go to the archive and listen to our experiences, and I think maybe you even pop up on some of those programs. So yep. thanks for the friendship <laughs> that we've developed here during yes. this trip together. It is the very best, Wayne, and I, I tell you... Um, this is the church at its best, to just watch the selflessness of people, the faithfulness of people. Um, the, the, the energy uh, has been amazing. And the food packing, uh, the distribution points, um, the, the refugees are so grateful. Oh, my goodness, I know. I, I was uh, at a distribution yesterday where the truck pulls up, and the displaced persons who are living in a camp 
come out to meet the truck with big smiles and open arms, and they're just so appreciative of the food that's being provided. So, And you have a big part of that. You really do with Feed My Starving Children. So we will talk about the organization, but I want to talk about you. So let, let's talk about your own personal story first sure. of coming to Christ and, and uh, how God has led you in, in your ministry all these years. Yeah. Well, um, I was fortunate, so my story isn't unique in some way. I grew up in a Christian home. Um, it was just part of what we did. Our, our our family, my mother and father, I just credit them for um, for how they lived their life and the fact that the, the values that they taught us. So so that was just a natural part. So um, you know, all of those things, of course, was baptized and confirmed and. Um, it's it's just been a part of who I've been, but you know there is there's points in your life, and there have been for me, where something much deeper happens. Something, uh, and and usually it's a series of things. Maybe it's maybe it's test points for you. Maybe it is just uncertainty. But um, one of the things, and this is just uh, six years ago now. So my wife and I, Roseanne, we're we're. Um, going to be married 44 years next month. Congratulations. Yeah, but we had uh, four girls together, and um, a number of years ago, our oldest daughter, Noelle, um, had breast cancer. Oh. Young at, at the age of 33. Oh, my goodness. Three young children. Mm. Um, very, very aggressive, very nasty um, form and so went through all of the things, all of the chemo and the radiation and all the treatments. Went into remission, and then um, about a year later, it all came back, mm. and it just it just came back, and it took her life. Oh, I'm sorry. And so, you, it it it's a real stinky club to be, oh, you know, to, to lose imagine. a child. No. That's and not supposed to happen. No, it? it isn't. And and the children were young. Her her youngest was uh, eight months old when she was first diagnosed, mm-hmm. and you know was was four when she passed away. And so um, Emmy doesn't really kind of remember her mom much at all. The two older mm-hmm. certainly more so. Uh, Brad, uh, our son-in-law, has done a, a marvelous job. Mm. Uh, his children and his job, that's his life. But I don't understand how people could go through that, Wayne, w- without God mm. in the middle. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it brought my wife and I a tremendous peace, the grace. People, missionaries all over the world praying for her, praying for the family, uh, I knew she was a believer. I knew where she was going uh, way too early, but but that gave me just so much peace to know. Again, it's something you uh, you know you think about or you never get over that. You just it doesn't get easier. You just get used to it. Um, and so a year ago, now about a year and a half ago, our third daughter was diagnosed with oh. breast cancer. Oh no. And so it is. It is um, a Baraka two gene that they talk about. So several of the girls had it, which just makes you more susceptible. Mm-hmm. And so Lauren, uh, again, this was like deja vu. They just she just started going through. However, because of Noel, the, the girls have all been much more conscious, and so she was much more observant. Mm-hmm. 
And so where, where Noel's was much more advanced when it was diagnosed, Lauren's was, was very early. So she caught it then. So she caught it early. A wow. little different kind uh, of cancer, not quite as aggressive, and so has gone, again, through all of that uh, year's worth of chemo and radiation and things. And so she's in remission now, doing very well. And so um, we just pray that um, her outcome... Uh, is different, you know. Again, uh, yeah. a, a young son, she and her husband, and so it's. Um, everyone has struggles, has sure, things in sure. their life you just don't know. But those things can either pull you away from the Lord, can make you angry at the Lord. I never felt that way. Hmm. I, I just didn't. The Lord's not there punishing yeah. my daughter or That's punishing me. That's the gift me. of faith, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, well, there's some listeners right now who are already picking up on Lauren's name and situation. Yeah. I'm sure they will, will pray for her. So, yeah, thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. But it, it it would send you to the rock bottom, doesn't it? With uh, just asking why and why us and why me and 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 it can. Um, but if you stop and have a conversation with most people, you will you will hear some. Um, it, it is life. We're, this is not heaven on earth. Right. That we're, we're, we're told that that we're here. We're, we need to um, be good servants of the Lord. That's what that's what I feel. And the promise, the the, the reward is going to come later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, let's apply it to where we are right now and what we've seen this week here. I mean, we've seen people who should be broken, but yes. aren't. Yeah, they're not broken. No, nope. you know, they're struggling. They need help. Yep. But I don't sense. I haven't sensed any complaining. None at all. And you know, I'm, I'm sure. Although the 99 year old woman, oh yes, <laughs> yeah, we met, right, she right. did have one complaint. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Yeah, <laughs> and her one complaint was, my eyesight is getting poor. Yeah, you know, and so it gave us all kind of a smile. But she was the oldest refugee living in that particular camp. Yep, 99. She had served as a military nurse in the Russian military in Siberia in World War II. And you remember what she said? Yeah, she said. I'm nearing the end of my life, and I have to go through another terrible war. Yeah. So, what do you and I have to worry about here today? You right? Know, yeah, we, we we don't. We're we're blessed. We absolutely are. But uh, I'm amazed at the the gratefulness that that the people have. So many of the volunteers that we see yeah. are refugees themselves. And so in the middle of this, they want to give back. Yes. They want to help others. They're actually in a unique position to sit and have conversations with others. And I'm sure they're they're sharing that experience. Uh, the doctors and others talk a, a lot about trauma, mm-hmm. especially for the children who may not understand at all what they have seen or been through. But um, again, for the church to be there to minister, you said it. This is a physical need, but it is it is an emotional need, and it is a spiritual need. Yes, it is. Yeah. Well, we're supposed to be talking about you, but we've been so impacted yeah. by this trip, yeah. haven't we, that it's impossible yeah. not to apply the lessons yeah. uh, that we've learned here this week. So, talking with Mark Crea, and we'll continue this conversation with Mark here on First Person. Mark, I'm so delighted to sit down and talk with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Wayne. So, stay tuned for the rest of our conversation recorded at an outdoor cafe in Ukraine here on First Person. I'm Ed Cannon. The Far East Broadcasting Company partners with First Person because we celebrate the stories of people everywhere who have given their lives to Christ and serve Him. 
Our broadcasters in 50 countries of the world hear stories every day of people whose lives are transformed by the gospel and who have faithfully been taught God's word. In addition to First Person, I'm pleased that Wayne and I host a podcast, and we invite you to join us. Listen to Until All Have Heard at febc.org. That's febc.org. My guest is Mark Crea, who is a CEO. Do I have that right? Yep. CEO of Feed My Starving Children. Uh, it's a, a very large ministry that I didn't know about, and I'm ashamed to say that. Uh, give me the scope of what, what you're doing, Mark. Sure. Um, we're, Wayne, uh, I've told you, we're weird. Uh, and, and people go, look at me funny when I say that. But, but as a Christian humanitarian organization, how we do things, why we do things, uh, what we do is, is just very different than most others. So the first is uh, we have this very special food that we produce, designed by food scientists here in the United States. Uh, to rebuild a malnourished person, a malnourished child specifically. And so it has all the vitamins and minerals, protein, everything balanced scientifically, medically, to, to make an unhealthy person, child, healthy again. Wow, wonderful. Yeah. And, and they talk about how those first years are so important for children, and that's true. Put a child in school who hasn't eaten in three days. Mm. Who cares? Mm. They're not going to learn. Mm. You know, so our, our food, so it is, it is the scientifically done food. Um, up until COVID, it was 100% packaged by volunteers. Okay. So in the United States, in 2019, we had uh, 1.4 million Americans <laughs> volunteer at our sites and at our mobile packs around the United States. That's astounding. Um, and half of them are young people. It is it is an amazing I, I think I'm sorry folks. I, I think the kids get it. <laughs> uh, and maybe they'll bring the adults along <laughs> yeah, with. Yeah. But but they understand. They look at this and go, This 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 doesn't I wanna do something. This isn't fair. Yeah. So these mana packs, I think you call them mana packs, right? right that, that go out around the world. Uh, the numbers are mind-boggling, but just boggle our minds here for okay. a moment. Well, I, I, I will tell you our, our, a little bit of our Christian history. So it yeah. started as this Christian organization back in, uh, back in the 80s. And then um, the, the, the founder and the board really kind of decided to go secular, so nothing wrong with that. Go mm -hmm. ahead, do that. Same purpose. Same children, purpose. Feed, just wanted feed, to do good people. work. Yeah. Didn't didn't want to offend anyone. Um, and so that's what the organization pursued for ten years. And for ten years, from ninety three to two thousand and three, the organization did not grow. Kind of secret believers, kind of. Yeah, thing. it was. We're, we're Christians. We just won't tell anybody. Uh huh. Okay. Um, and 10 years later, uh, the organization had grown to, to 3 million meals, and 10 years later, it was still 3 million meals a year. No growth, flat no growth. No growth. Yeah. Struggled every month, every year. Great need out there. Uh, at that time, the, the board decided, boy, this is exhausting. This isn't going anywhere. Time for something bold and risky, like trusting God. <laughs> Let's refocus this organization, bring God, bring Christ into the center of this organization. We will tell people why we're doing this work. Uh, everyone is welcome to come in and volunteer. Kind of fun to get Christians and non-Christians mm -hmm. together. And we will give this food 
to embedded missionaries, which is the other unique part of what we do. Um, we don't have staff in any of the 70 countries we're in. We find those best embedded missionaries. We give the food directly to them. They're caring for the people, for the children, in school feeding programs, clinics, um, just just every every kind of way, village feeding programs. So it's, it's an important way, I think, model to get food there. Outstanding. Okay, so, the numbers. So the numbers. So 3 million meals, rededication. Um, now this year we will do 425 million meals. Okay, let's all shake our head together from 3, 3 million, million to 420 million. Five. 425 million yeah. meals. Sorry for that. Yeah. I shorted and, you and 5 million. Yeah, there. yeah. <laughs> well, and, and that doesn't make any sense, Wayne. You, you, you can't have a formula you can't uh in, in man's ways marketing strategy business plan to say oh i know how we're going to go from here to there um it doesn't make sense yeah other than god yeah so here's the other thing that that is even more amazing i think so in our history we have produced and and shipped 3.4 billion oh. with a b billion meals around the world to the most needy places in the world. Now, if you would look at that and say, well, logistically, uh, security, how much of that food do you think really got there? Mm -hmm. Well, we've heard all kinds of numbers. It's nothing like we do. We pray after every session of volunteers packing. When we load these containers up, a 40-foot container has 272,000 meals in it. So, 3.4 billion meals in our history. God protects this food. We have delivered 99.8% oh of that goodness. food. Wow. Uh, that is just utterly amazing. I, I couldn't send that much food to Cleveland and have a 99.8%. <laughs> no, you couldn't. No, not at all. Not so, at all. All right, so story time. Yeah. Uh, you've got so many stories. You just got to th pick through your files and your brain there yeah. and tell us one or two in, in, in the few minutes that we have, Mark. Okay. So uh, there are so many. I, I will tell you one um, from El Salvador. We were in El Salvador after one of the hurricanes. I think you... Hurricane Glen, uh, 52 inches of rain mm. in like four days. I mean, just everything was washed. Uh, wells were were polluted. Crops were all washed away. And so we're in uh, these remote villages, and uh, we're we're, we're um, with our partners there doing this work. And they go around and they provide our food. They provide basic medical care, and then they do some, um, I, I would just say some education training, uh, and usually for the moms, and they get together and they do all of this. And so we were in this village, and there um, met this young woman. Um, her, her husband had died. She had four children. Uh, she had built uh, her, her house attached to her parents, mud and stick, uh, maybe, maybe six by eight size her and her four children and her four children were just malnourished they just were so sickly had no energy they just weren't there and i remember th through our partner talking to her moms are so powerful for me 
and it was like she wasn't there. It was like you were talking to her, but but just the burden she was facing. It was like somebody had torn her heart out. Well, I came back six months later, after the feeding program had been in place for six months, and it was it, she was a totally different woman. Mm-hmm. Her children were running around, and she she just greeted us, and she just said, "Oh my gosh." Um, she was smiling. She told a joke. <laughs> she said, um, this food is so important. I, I, I love this food, but look at my children. They're, they're, they're so energetic. They're, maybe you could just make this food a little less uh, good <laughs> so my kids aren't so crazy. Slow them down a little yeah. bit. Yeah. <laughs> and then with a big smile on her face. But her children were in school. They were learning. Um Moms would say, I never thought my children were smart, mm. but my mm. children are so smart. Yeah. They come home and they tell me what they've learned. That's, you know, and, and the missionaries are there. And, and now that their ears are open, they can hear the word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you've made that point to me here during this trip. If they're hungry, they're not listening. No. That, that's a basic thing yeah. that we don't often think yeah. about. They, they would tell me, when you're hungry... You, you have no hope. There just isn't hope in your life. How, how can you hope? How can you think we, we would be in, in, in Haiti? We do so much work there, and there would be a line of, of mothers, 110 degrees, and they're standing body to body waiting for this food, and you see the anguish on their face, and you put this box of food in their hands. Most of the time, it's a month's worth of food at a time. They've never seen that much food in their life. And joy erupts on their face. Wow. So thankful for what you and Feed My Starving Children are doing around the world. 70 countries, you said? 70 countries. 70 countries. Amazing. And it's a gospel ministry. Um, Is there a verse of scripture that that, that guides you and the organization? Something fresh in your heart, Mark? Yeah, one of our favorite, um, we, we do have a, uh, we, we pick out a piece of scripture every year to kind of, that, that we think represents the year, but you, you've got to go to uh, Matthew and um, the, the, the feeding of the 5,000, mm-hmm. and, and how do you not look at that? Uh, I have seen it myself so many times. We know exactly how many meals are in a bag <laughs> and in a box. And you would go there, and they would be cooking up, and you and I would count the children and go, "Oh my gosh, we don't have enough chi- here. We don't have enough here. <laughs> how is this going to work?" And that last child is standing there with their bowl as they're scraping the bottom of the pot, and I'm thinking, "This should only have fed 200 children, and we just fed 300." Not 205, 300. How is that possible? It's, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Mark, God bless you. We're going to spend at least, uh, I think, two more days together yes. here in Ukraine. And I'm so thankful that we had this opportunity to sit down and talk together. Thank you, Wayne. God bless you. That's Mark Kriya, the executive director and CEO of the ministry called Feed My Starving Children. It has an amazing track record as it works through so many organizations to feed the world's hungry. We'll put a link to Mark and the ministry at firstpersoninterview.com. As you heard Mark say, feeding people is a prelude to sharing the gospel with them, and the gospel message is at the heart and soul of the Far East Broadcasting Company, who is actively broadcasting in 50 countries of the world. Last week, we met a young man who's on the air in Ukraine with FEBC. To learn more about this organization and how God has called it to serve, please visit febc.org. And when you do, look for our podcast called Until All Have Heard with FEBC President Ed Cannon. 
More at febc.org. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepard. Join us next week for First Person.